Hey guys, so first of all, I just want to thank you all for tuning in, downloading the very first episode, the pilot episode of the Gladstone podcast. I'm super excited to get this whole thing started. If you do want to support the show, you can head on over, give us a follow on Twitter. Uh, that's twitter.com slash pithpith, P-I-T-H, P-I-F-T-H. You can also support us, especially in these early stages, by leaving reviews on iTunes, five stars, four stars, whatever you've got, we will take it. Unless it's not one of the two that I just listed, in which case, I don't know, go ahead and listen to Radiolab or This American Life, just go listen to a respectable podcast. For the rest of you, though, throw in some comfy sweatpants, crack open a fresh bag of Doritos, because we are getting started. again at the very start of another podcast holy crap i can't believe i'm standing here i i've done a lot of podcasts over the years um i've done a lot of pod i've always wanted to do a single mic show i did a few episodes of this show actually i even called it gladstown i probably had the same logo uh i did it a few years ago and what what do I want to say about it? I I never quite found my niche. Uh, I spent a whole lot of time sort of worrying about oh what kind of niche do I want to fill? What what need is out there that that this show is is fulfilling? Is it a news show? Is it is it movie reviews? Is it talking about video games? Maybe it's just some sort of weird general comedy sort of thing. There's just a thousand different directions that I can take this thing. And then, so I sort of fell off and, you know, you get busy and you get doing other things. And I always find myself coming back to the same idea, the same podcasting idea, this, I've got this mic, I've got, I've got all this equipment. I, I've got the, at least a little bit of know-how, not a lot, but a little bit. And I want to do something with it. And, Finally, I realized I'm going to sit here, I'm going to monologue, and the internet can sit on it. Because, you know what? You know how sometimes you uh, you start a sentence without any sort of plan as to where you're going to take it? That's that's basically this entire show. I'm, I'm going to get here... Um, going to have some rough guidelines as to what I want to talk about, and I'm pretty much just going to do a long form of my Twitter account, which is, if we're being honest, a whole lot of bitching and moaning. So, you enjoy bitching and moaning, and I know so many people do. So many people love to hear other people complain. Oh my god, don't even tell me that's not true, because I know you're a goddamn liar. You, sir, are a liar if you say that you do not love to hear people complain 
particularly about the exact things that you yourself want to complain about. Because at the end of the day, there is just some great release in hearing the idea that not only does someone else share your opinion, but they share your struggles and just that rage inside you. <laughs> On the other hand, sometimes people just like to complain and they like to complain about things you like. And I guarantee you I'm going to complain about things you like. You like Skyrim. Do you like Skyrim? I hate Skyrim and I'm sure it's going to come up a lot. <laughs> God, I really did not like Skyrim. I, oh my God, what am I doing? Um, I could do an entire show about the reasons that I did not like Skyrim. I thought it was a hacked together game. I thought that it should never been released in the state that it was. And I am just generally upset that it exists. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. Because I feel like alienating dare I say, the vast majority of my potential audience is not the greatest way to start out a new show. So, <laughs> save that for a few weeks down the line when y'all are a little bit more, we'll say, indoctrinated uh, <laughs> to the Church of Joe. Uh, where do I want to go with this next? All right, you know what? Let's just get right into it. I've got a theory. A theory. That's right. I've got a theory. I'm theorizing about things. And I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit crazy. Might even be a lot bit crazy. But I want you to hear me out, okay? That's the deal. I talk, you listen. There's not a whole lot I can do about that dynamic, actually. All right. So let me uh, preface this. By saying, sure, the whole thing could be a coincidence. It could be absolutely nothing. I could just be blowing steam, shouting into the void, screaming into the abyss. But, then again, I'm just saying, I've been a huge fan of Nintendo my entire life. My first ever experience with video games was uh, Super Mario Brothers on my grandparents' NES, which I at the time called The Man. <laughs> I don't know why I called it The Man. Uh, well, you know what? Actually, on second thought, I guess we do kind of know why I called it The Man, because it's a game about a guy, and... Yeah, I, I mean that—that—that's it. It's—it's just—it's just a guy jumping, and well, when you're you know three years old, you kind of latch onto the obvious thing there. Might I mention at this point that to this day, for whatever reason, I have not lived down the fact that I called Super Mario Brothers the man. Uh, it's not even embarrassing. Y'all ever get this? It. There's no way it's just a thing in my family. This has got to be like, this has got to just be a general family experience. But, uh, so we know old people really love telling the same story over and over again. Or the same couple of stories, at least. And 
<laughs> Old people really love telling the same stories over and over again, he says on his podcast. Whew. Yikes. All right. Well, anyway, uh, it's just, it's one of those stories that particularly my grandfather really likes to repeat just on a loop. He loves the story of how I called Super Mario Brothers the man. And I don't know why, but he finds it incredibly funny. Apparently I was just a hilarious child. I don't know what caused me to grow into such a joyless adult, but uh, something went horribly wrong along just going down the line, going going down the conveyor belt that is life. Something just went completely off track. Because uh, according to my family, I was the Jerry Seinfeld of toddlers. And uh, I do, what, what, what the hell am I now? Mitt Romney? Am I Mitt Romney? I want to be Mitt Romney. Who the hell wants to be Mitt Romney? <sighs> what was I talking about? Oh, I was talking about Nintendo consoles. So, besides the NES, my first console was uh, the first one that I, you know, my very own. The first console that you, as a child, own uh, was a Game Boy Advance, and I'm dating myself here as uh, maybe a little bit of a younger, younger millennial. I was also a little bit late to the video game train. Um, I don't know if this was a thing around the time I was growing up or what. But, uh, my parents weren't totally on board with the whole video game thing. So when I expressed interest in it, I was met with a little bit of resistance. Uh, but we got there. We got there. Maybe a little bit late. Probably a little bit late. I think most of my friends, uh, at least grew up with Game Boy Color. I didn't get a color till later on down the line. That's a, that's another story though. So anyway, I got my Game Boy Advance. I think the first game I ever got for it was uh, A Link to the Past for Game Boy Advance, which, oh my god, what a game. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I ever beat it as a child. Uh, since then, I have since then beat it, of course, because it is just one of the greatest games ever. Um, I do distinctly remember the first game I ever purchased for myself was Pokemon Fire Red. Pokemon Fire Red. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh. Oh. Oh, Pokemon Fire Red. Back in the day, my first ever starter, Squirtle, his name was Shell Shocker. I have since then, of course, uh, come to realize that Bulbasaur is the uh, one true savior of Pokemon, uh, of particularly Generation 1 starters. But, you know, you live and you learn. You you grow as a person and you come to realize that maybe maybe that beautiful green flower bulb prom queen was in front of you the whole time. That that sentence got away from me. I didn't have a plan for that one. I don't have a plan for any of these. Moving on. After the Game Boy Advance came the GameCube. <laughs> Uh, this I have very distinct memory, memories of, uh, of getting as a child. Christmas Day. What did I get? 
this was around the time they were doing that sort of Legend of Zelda deal where you got like this bundled Legend of Zelda thing, which was, by the way, the greatest thing Nintendo ever did. I'd still play that thing. <laughs> it's got, it's got all the great, it's, it's got all the best Legend of Zelda games. It's got the first one, the second one, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask. There's a demo of Wind Waker. Wind Waker obviously being an unbelievably good game. And I really wish they would port the HD version to the Switch. I am taking a really long time to tell you a story. Am I not? Well, get used to it. And then after the GameCube, you got the Wii, you got the DS, the DS Lite, the DS XL, the 3DS, the new 3DS. I really like DSs, you guys. Sue me. I own a lot of DSs. I have the DS, the DS Lite, the DS the DSi Excel, the 3DS, the new 3DS, the 3DS Excel, the new 3DS Excel. No, that's not right. No, I don't have all the Excels. I have the 3DS and the new 3DS Excel. That's right. Because I wanted the I wanted the regular size 3DS because it came with the plates. It didn't come out with the goddamn new 3DS in the United States. Until like a year after I bought mine. I was pissed. Uh, but this is more going back. Uh, so during the Wii era was the time when I really started branching out as a gamer. And, uh, so by the time the Wii U was announced, I was pretty deeply entrenched in PC gaming. Uh, particularly I had begun my, uh, lifelong love affair with Activision Blizzard, which continues to this day. These were my middle high school years during which this all took place. So, uh, by that I mean I had a shit ton of free time. Oh my god. I swear to god, I don't even want to think about the amount of time I spent playing World of Warcraft um, in those years. And actually, I can, I can tell you that it is many, 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 many hundreds of hours. <laughs> um... But what, is the, what did this mean for the Wii U? Well, it means I was too busy playing Mists of Pandaria to give a flying shit about a console that already looks sort of gimmicky. And let's be honest, it still looks kind of gimmicky. Uh, and it wasn't until release of the Nintendo Switch just this past year that I returned to Nintendo's loving arms. Besides, I mean, the mobile consoles. But uh, it's not like Nintendo really has that much competition in the handheld market. So where am I going with this? What am I trying to say? Joe... Why have you taken us on this incredibly pointless journey through your gaming history? Well, my dear friend, it is because I believe I may be the key to Nintendo console success. I know, I know, I know. But think about it. Game Boy Advance was... A wild success. I, I mean, that, that that's the case with all the handheld games. The DS was a success. The DS Lite was a success. Even the DSi was a, was a pretty decent success uh, for what it was. Uh, it's more of an iteration than a new console. The 3DS, of course, uh, kept Nintendo afloat during the Wii U years. Uh, the GameCube, although uh, not a great seller, I do think it is widely regarded today as one of Nintendo's greater consoles. And of course, the Wii U did freaking gangbusters. I I remember standing outside Circuit City at 3 a.m. Circuit City, that's a throwback. 
I was outside Circuit City at 3 a.m. in a blizzard trying to get my grubby little mitts on a goddamn Wii U. Not Wii U. Wii. Not a Wii U. Not a Wii U. Not a, that's the entire point of the story is that I don't own a Wii U. <laughs> get it together. All right. Where was I? The Wii. The Wii at Circuit City. I was waiting for it. And holy crap, it took me. Oh, it must. I started trying to get one in January after it came out. I don't think I got one till like May. Oh my God, that was insane. Of course, it is a lot harder to, uh, to get a console on release when you are a child. You have no money. Also, you have no car with which to attend restockings. So that would probably explain why it took me so long to get a Wii. But the point being, I returned for the Nintendo Switch. Now, what is the common thread here? Every single one of these consoles was a wild success either before or after their launch. Which console wasn't a success? That's right. That's right. That's right. You just exactly right. The Wii U. It was the Wii U. That goddamn Wii U. That piece of crap. Oh, I hated the Wii U. Why did I hate the Wii U? I don't know why I hated the Wii U. I really, I hated the Wii U. I can't, I, I am not a hateful person. I don't hate things. I don't hate people. Why would a person such as myself hate a console? I don't. No, I had this irrational hatred of this weird little gimmicky handheld thing. I, I, playing Super Smash Brothers on the Wii U made me <laughs> violently angry. I'd hold this giant chunky tablet thing and I'm like, how am I supposed to reach these buttons? I have big hands. I have Big hands, big, not manly, but big womanly hands. I have big, does that make sense? I have big womanly hands. I have big hands, is the point. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Google Home. I don't know why the Google, whatever. My Google Home went off, way off in the distance. I, I, testament to its listening capabilities. I didn't say the thing. I've totally lost my... <sighs> thanks. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Th thanks. Thanks. All right. Mm. Ah, I was already mad about the Wii U. Now I'm <laughs> at Google in addition to the Wii U. You want to say anything? No? All right. We're good. He's dead. Note to self, unplug Google Home before recording podcast. Noted. God damn it, I completely lost my train of thought. The point is, I don't like the Wii U. It was the only one that did poorly, and I'm fairly certain that I am the sole controller. I am the wizard in charge of whether or not Nintendo consoles do well. That is the end of the story. I'm extremely frustrated.
And we're moving on to something else. And we're moving on to more video games because I don't know what else to talk about right now. It's either this or JavaScript, you guys. The 21st Annual Dice Awards aired last Thursday. And without even finishing my sentence, I already have a bone to pick with these guys, okay? I gotta calm down. I gotta chill. Whew. All right. Breathe in. <gasps> Breathe out. Okay. What the hell does dice stand for? What the hell does dice stand for? D-I-C-E. I'm not kidding. I do not do a whole lot of research for this podcast. I don't know if that's obvious to you guys. Uh, there's not a whole lot of prep that's been involved in this production I am in a closet. I'm not kidding. I am in a closet. Check me out on Twitter. I posted a picture of this, of my studio. I'm in a closet. I'm sitting on a blanket. My my computer is propped up on a shelf, and <laughs> my mic is hanging from a coat rack. So if that gives you a general idea of just how much preparation goes into this show, then you're going to understand exactly my problem here which is i don't know what dice stands for i spent so much time trying to figure out something that you'd think would be plastered everywhere right like you'd you'd sort of think that when when your entire like organization is based off of you know an acronym you make the acronym available I mean, like, it's somewhere. It's got to be printed somewhere, right? <laughs> Even IBM, they pretty much just go by IBM at this point, but you can find the words international business machines printed somewhere like it's a thing. I genuinely, for the life of me, could not figure out what D-I-C-E stood for in Dice Awards. All I knew was it was capitalized and occasionally had periods after each letter. I went to news sites. I went to about pages. I went to their Twitter page. Their Twitter page. Nothing. Finally, I found it tucked away on the About Us page for the Dice Summit, Dice Summit page, which is presumably the same general thing. I'm not entirely sure what the Dice Summit is, but they do share something. Um, but the acronym stands for Design, Innovate, Communicate, Entertain. So there we have it. We figured out what DICE stands for. Now let's talk about what the DICE Awards are. So basically what the DICE Awards are is they're the Academy Awards of the game industry. The Academy Awards of the game industry. Let's let that sink in for a second. So... The real question I wanted to ask here was, can the game industry pull off an Academy Awards? And I'm looking at this, uh, having read an Ars Technica article um, about the 21st Annual Dice Awards, uh, where they interviewed a couple people from and around the organization and just generally went over exactly what it is that's going on and what their goals are. Um... And one thing really stood out to me, I'm going to read from the article now, quote, Every year when I tell people I'm going to Las Vegas in February, for video gaming's version of the Academy Awards, the response is usually the same. 
I didn't even know video games had an Academy Awards. Right. So, first problem. It's the 21st annual Dice Awards. People still don't know about them. That's a problem. Uh, and so, why don't people know about this? And I think it comes down to, at the end of the day, their target audience. So, who is the Dice Awards target audience? We go to Megan Scavio, the president of the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences, who runs the Dice Awards. Quote, In my opinion, our audience is the industry. That's who I care about. If the industry wants to watch our awards on Twitch or YouTube, great. Having that wider gamer audience isn't important to me right now. The Academy serves the industry, and that's who I'm going to serve. Alright, that's respectable, and I can understand that, and especially when you're going to be comparing it to something like the Academy Awards, who's the target audience for the Oscars? Well, the target audience for the Oscars is actors. It's actors, it's directors, it's screenwriters. But it's a spectacle. The Academy Awards, the Oscars, they're a spectacle for people. There's something that people want to watch. Is it because because of the awards is because of the personalities you could really make an argument for either sometimes people want to see the movies they enjoyed getting recognized for being great in whatever they thought was great about that particular movie other people perhaps watch the oscars for entirely different reasons maybe they really just want to see benny wick cabbage patch waltz down the aisle and collect his 40th award for i don't know Best facial hair in a Marvel film. Oh, his face, he looks so good with the with Doctor Strange. Oh, I love it. The Doctor Strange goatee, man. It's so good. Oh, Benedict Cumberbatch looks so good. He does so good in the movie. I love it. Mm, I love Doctor Strange. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, so the target audience for the Oscars is pretty much the actors, and it just so happens that other people want to watch it. Does that work? Is that going to work for the Dice Awards? Like, let's think about it this way. Name, name five personalities. Um, name five personalities in gaming. I mean, off the top of my head, you got Chris Metzen, you got Gabe Newell, you got, uh, uh, I can't remember his actual name, but he works for Riot now, Ghostcrawler. Um, he used to work on, wow. Honestly, the only people I can name besides Gabe Newell all work for Blizzard. You know, like Russell Brower and, uh, Ben Bro, Jeff Kaplan. These guys are personalities. Ben Brode, especially the game leads over at Blizzard, are big personalities in their own right. And that's that's sort of a company thing, uh, more than it is an industry thing. So what I'm saying, and what I'm trying to say here is gaming doesn't really have personalities. Um, not to say gaming doesn't have personality, but um, or not to say game devs don't have personalities. 
but they don't have that same allure. They don't, you don't go, a, a lot of people don't go, oh my God, I want to know everything about the way Ben Brode lives his life. I want to know the clothes he's wearing and the phone he's using. I don't care what phone Bren Brode, Bren, 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 Bren Bode. I don't care what phone Jeff Kaplan uses. It, why Why in the world would I care about that? And why in the world would anyone else care about that? It's, I mean, I am a little biased. I don't care what phone Benedict Cumberbatch uses, but apparently somebody does. Um, some peop- Somebody out there is following these celebrities on Snapchat and somehow keeping Snapchat alive, and that that's another topic for another day. I want to talk about Snapchat. I want to complain about Snapchat, you guys. Do you get the sense that I complain a lot? Do you get the sense that maybe I just don't like things in general? It's possible. Something to think about, and it might be something to uh, talk about later on. But I digress. Uh, so what what are they doing? And where do I want to go with this next? So there's a couple there's a couple different directions I can take this. I can continue talking about why why they want to target the uh, the game developers themselves, or I could go talk about the players. And I think as a player myself, I do kind of want to talk about the players. So let's go back to the article quick. This is a bit of a longer one. Scavio says the academy is brainstorming ways to showcase. that passion more directly. She recalled a situation where No Man's Sky was nominated and won a Technical Achievement Award at the competing Game Developers Choice Awards, which Scavio helped run for years before joining AIAS. Gamers kind of freaked out, she recalled. They were really mad. The reality was that the developers did in that game, what the developers did in that game was hugely innovated. How do we tell those stories so that people understand why that animation is amazing or why that art direction in particular won? This passage really stood out to me because they talk about the No Man's Sky debacle, which uh, I was paying a lot of attention for. I was one of the people that bought No Man's Sky very early on. Um, I don't know why, <laughs> uh, but I did. I did not pre-order it, but I did buy it uh, very close to launch and I was immensely disappointed I thought the game was missing a lot Um, it was certainly gorgeous it was a beautiful game Um, very well rendered very well conceptualized but the execution just wasn't there the the love wasn't there the features that the game developers promised just weren't there and this of course created a huge backlash from the gaming community and not wrongly so they were right to be upset they'd paid their money for it they'd paid good money for this game and they deserved to get what they were promised and they didn't get it at least not right away i'm mean, from what i know no man's sky has actually fixed a lot of what made it so divisive in the beginning although <laughs> frankly i can't speak to that as i never returned um, but Scavio, or Megan Scavio here, this president, she does, she does bring up a really good point. Um, 
the gamer, and I think what she's trying to say is gamers don't always get it. We, uh, we do tend to get a little mad, and we do tend to kind of just flush everything else down the toilet with the rest of the thing that we're mad about. Because, fact of the matter is, No Man's Sky was a beautiful game, and the artists who worked on it did a spectacular job, for the most part. Uh, what's another good example of this? Alright, near and dear to my heart, Skyrim. Oh, I hated Skyrim. I really hated Skyrim. Oh, I hated Skyrim. But, they did things with the game that no one else had done before. Or rather, they did things very well that no one else had done very well before. They created an open world like no one has ever seen. They created this fascinating first-person sort of story and everything within the world that they had created linked together very well and what I felt really hindered it was at the end of the day the people who slapped that code together did not do a great job in fact you might say they did a downright awful job and as a result I was upset, and I stopped playing. But, I do feel that I have to recognize that there are certain aspects of Skyrim that are extremely good and extremely important and give it a place of significance within gaming history. That's not to say that I'm better than anyone else. <laughs> oh boy, I have painted myself into that corner, haven't I? Well, if I'm going to be on this soapbox, I'm going to be on this soapbox. So, <laughs> basically what I'm saying here is uh, that maybe if we as a community can start to figure out exactly what it is that we're mad about, things like the Dice Awards could become a legitimate thing that we all enjoy and pay attention to. Right? That's what I want. I would love, I would love to watch the I would, a Dice Awards watching party. You know what I really love, guys? I love the Oscars. Oh my god, I love the Oscars. They're super good. I love movies and I love award shows. I don't love award shows. I do love the Oscars. Okay, I love award shows. What, what am I saying? I love award shows. <laughs> Uh, I don't like music award shows. I like TV and movie award shows. Then again, I don't listen to a whole lot of music, so what are you going to do? I do watch a lot of TV, and I do watch a lot of movies. You know what else I do? I play a lot of games. I would love a games award show that people actually watch. I love the Dice Awards. They're so cool. I was thrilled to find out that my favorite game of this past year, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, took home Game of the Year. That was so cool for me, and I want to be able to share that with other people. So what I really want is I want the DICE Awards to succeed, and what that means is that I want not only for uh, the DICE Awards to start recognizing that gamers want to 
that we want to watch this. We want to watch. This is cool. This is stuff we love. You think? I mean, the game developers love what they create. I, I'd make the argument that gamers love it even more. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if that's a weird argument to make or not. I guess. I, I guess I do know some game developers who would argue with me. But uh, as a gamer, I gotta say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Chris. I don't know, Chris. You think you like World of Warcraft? You think you like World of Warcraft? Come at me, bro. Let let let's fucking tussle. Come on. Yeah. One v one me. Except not in battlegrounds, because I don't like battlegrounds. Did not like PvP in World of Warcraft. So that's basically it. I I want I want the Dice Awards to recognize that gamers want to watch their stuff, and I want them I want them to be excited that we want to watch their stuff. Um and I feel like eventually they will be. I feel like they're going to realize that, hey, this can be about the gamers too. This doesn't have to be just about the game devs. Which sounds weird because it's always about the gamers, isn't it? Yeah, it kind of is always about the gamers. And it is nice that the game devs get their night. I think it's very important that the game devs get their recognition. And I think that the Dice Awards are an important part of that. But I do want to be included. <laughs> I want to be included, guys. We all just want to feel like we belong, okay? Let me in. Let me into your club. And a part of that is us as gamers recognizing that we suck. We suck, we suck, we suck. Gamers suck. Oh my god, we suck. We're such dicks. Oh my god. Oh my god, gamers are gigantic dicks. And we need to figure that out. So what's next? Well, next, I'd like to hear from you guys. Uh, I'd really like to get your opinion on uh, what I talked about. Should sh should these awards be about the game developers first? I obviously think that it should be first and foremost about the game developers. Are they wrong in not focusing more on the gamers? Are they wrong in making the gamers an afterthought? Or is this the way... To get people excited about this. Or should they follow that that Oscars model? And maybe they do want to turn game developers into celebrities. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> I'd be for that. That'd be sweet. You kidding? I mean, a lot of them already are celebrities. So maybe we don't have that far to go. But contact me. Hit me up on Twitter. Twitter.com forward slash P-I-T-H P-I-F-T-H Let me know what you think. Let me know what you thought about this show. Let me know about the topics. Let me know about things you want to hear about in the future. This is a whole new world, you guys. I am in here for 40, 45 minutes and I'm just babbling into a microphone about whatever I want. I can be talking about whatever you guys want, too. Uh, just... Hit me up on Twitter. Send me news articles. Send me just incendiary comments that I can yell at. <laughs> I love yelling at incendiary comments. I'm great at it. But you gotta follow me on Twitter. So follow me on Twitter. Twitter.com forward slash pithpith. P-I-T-H-P-I-F-T-H. Uh, huge thanks to Anchor 
who is allowing us to host this podcast through the kindness of their hearts. I love them so much. I've been on the Anchor Bandwagon since very, very early uh, days, and it is so cool to see them doing so well. Last but not least, don't forget, head on over to iTunes, especially in these early days. Oh my God, you guys, it's such a huge help. Every single review makes a gigantic difference like you wouldn't believe. So that about wraps it up for the first episode of Gladstone. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm back. I'm back. I've done so many shows. I've done so many bad shows. I've done so many terrible shows, you guys. Is this going to be another one? Is this going to be a bad show? I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think, this, I think this could be an okay show. I think a good little work. We might have a little something here. I'll see you all next week.